Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton. I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host. And I am talking to you on a day when the S&P had a a lovely 100-point turnaround intraday and uncharacteristically heavy volume for the day before a payrolls report. We have payrolls coming tomorrow. We've got CPI on Tuesday, and we'll have another podcast then. But I am not going to talk about any of that. Today on the podcast, I'm going to instead talk about something that I've been teasing now for a couple of of, uh, recent podcasts. I'm going to talk about a a very interesting set of instruments that's going to allow investors, even individual investors, to get exposure to inflation. Uh, Actual inflation, not inflation equities. Uh, But before I get to that, let me first remind you that this episode of Sense and Sensibility is sponsored by Simplify ETFs. Simplify is a manager of alternative ETFs solving today's most pressing portfolio challenges. This includes income solutions like SVAL, yield curve plays like TUA, and 6040 diversifiers such as CTA. If you are an individual investor or an RIA, you will likely find that something they've done addresses a particular problem you have that you didn't know was solvable. Check out their website, simplify.us. That's simplify.us. You can find their entire library of ETFs at simplify.us forward slash ETFs. Now, that sounded like a commercial uh, because it was a commercial. That was an advertisement. And what's, is a, what I'm about to present uh, is also going to sound like an advertisement, uh, but it's not. Um, it's just something that I'm, I'm genuinely uh, enthusiastic about. And if you followed this podcast for a while, you'll understand pretty quickly why it is that I'm excited about it. Since I'm always talking about inflation and the risks that inflation surprises can cause to your portfolio, you can imagine the number one question that I get all the time is, inflation guy, what can I do about it? And the answer is is not necessarily a, a good answer, and I don't like giving it, um, But because we haven't had inflation for so long, there are very few products available to normal folks that can help protect against inflation. Uh, If you're an institution, you can buy inflation swaps. If you're an individual, you can buy inflation-linked bonds. You can buy tips instead of nominal bonds. And that means your bond portfolio will behave better over time if there's inflation than if you had regular nominal bonds. Um, but even that there's some nuance. If you buy an ETF of tips, it doesn't behave quite the same way. Um, both tips and nominals behave poorly initially when rates rise. And so, you know, it's not exactly what most people think about when they think about inflation protection. Commodities are a decent hedge in certain parts of the cycle, but they're not directly tied to inflation per se. And if you're not careful, can become just a gasoline bet. Um, there are a number of products in equity ETFs that purport to emphasize inflation-sensitive stocks or something like that. But when you do those, you have a lot of equity exposure for that little bit of protection, and I can't recommend any of them. Um, and so when people ask me about 
you know, what they can use to hedge against inflation, I always have to say, look, I mean, unfortunately, there just aren't yet a lot of products, but someday there will be. Well, maybe that someday is getting a little bit closer. If you've been following this podcast since at least episode 32, you know that I've been pushing for inflation futures for a long time. I had a role in the first inflation futures contract, really the second because there was one in the mid-80s. Um, and I had some role in them not being well done and having them die. But I've been trying ever since to try to get inflation futures really going. Um, well, we're not 100% where where I want to be, but I'm working with a company right now called, some of you will have heard of, called Kalshi. That's K-A-L-S-H-I. And they have something that is on the right track. And it's a way to take a position today on what inflation next week is going to be. Now, the, uh, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. The Kalshi structure, uh, is going to be familiar, but not sort of in a finance kind of way. Traders on Kalshi markets can take yes or no positions on a whole bunch of different events and outcomes and things like that. Uh, and the contracts pay off in a binary fashion. So uh, either a dollar if that thing happens and you bet yes, um, or zero if it does not. And if you bet no, then the opposite thing happens. It pays a dollar then if it doesn't. Uh, if that event does not happen. So if you buy yes, for example, that headline inflation, headline U.S. inflation is going to be above 0.4% next week, and you pay 38 cents for that contract, then if inflation is actually above 0.4%, then you you win a dollar. And so you net 62 cents. You get you get you get a dollar and you you pay that 38 cents up front. If inflation is at or below 0.4, then you lose your 38 cents. Um, now, note when you're looking at their contracts, you know, while I always talk about hundredths, 0.38, 0.42, and all that stuff, the BLS reports inflation uh, to the nearest tenth. So if, uh, if, we, if you were betting on over 0.4 and we actually got 0.43, the BLS would round that down to 0.4. And so even though you were, you, you know, you did get something that was above 0.4, the contract would sell to no. Um, which doesn't sound really fair, except that it's symmetrical. So if you're on the other side of that and it gets rounded up and um, obviously whoever had the no bet there uh, got an advantage, but just as long as you know how the contract works, it's fair. It's just uh, it's sometimes it can be a little quirky the way you think about it. Anyway, you can you can think about this as getting an odds payoff. So again, it's not quite quite like a financial futures contract, and I'll talk about the difference in a second. But, but you can think about getting it as getting an odds payoff. So if you bet fifty cents, if you bought a contract for fifty cents and it could pay off a dollar, it's like making an even money bet in Vegas. You know, you put fifty cents in the middle, and if you win, they give you fifty cents plus your fifty cents back, so you get a dollar. If you buy a contract for 33 cents, then you're getting paid out at two to one. If you buy a contract at 25 cents, you're getting paid three to one, and so on. Now, so that's that's sort of the way if you do any betting, 
that's sort of the way you you tend to think about those bets, and so those that will be very familiar to you. But that's not the way most financial contracts work. Um, if if you buy an S and P contract, then for every point higher the S and P goes, it, it pays you more money. It's not an either or. Um, this this structure, the Cauchy structure, the binary options structure, is is sort of naturally appropriate for things that have true binary payouts, you know, binary uh, outcomes. So, you know, Biden is either going to be reelected president or he's not going to be reelected president. There's no, gee, he's partially reelected president, right? So it's an either or kind of bet. Um, You know, XYZ uh, movie is going to win the Oscar for best picture. It's either going to happen or it doesn't. There's no partial, you know, you can't triply win it. Um, so, but for financial things, your exposure is often linear. If next week we got 0.5% from inflation or we got 1.5% month-on-month inflation, you know, both will produce yes outcomes for that contract I was just talking about, the 0.4 greater than 0.4 and they would both pay you $1 but one of those outcomes is much much worse than the other. If we get a 1.5% month on month inflation next week then it would be a very different market response. Your portfolio would have a very different market reaction than if we got 0.5. And that being said, for sort of normal sorts of outcomes from monthly economics print like that probably is something of a binary nature, right? So if we get 0.5 on core inflation on Tuesday, then the stock and bond markets probably act react very differently than if we get 0.3 or 0.4. And a 0.6 or 0.3 or 0.2 are probably not dramatically different than just being either side of kind of the consensus, whatever the consensus ends up being, which actually right now is about 0.4. Now, I know that this sounds a little bit like all the sports betting apps that you're seeing. You know, I, I certainly that is uh, the analogy that I just used to sort of help you understand how the payouts work. Um, but there, this is different than, than a sports betting app in a couple of really important ways. Um, the biggest way is that Kalshi runs a CFTC regulated exchange. Okay. So it's by the, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission, it regulates the exchange. And so there are all kinds of rules about, you know, capitalization. They've got to go and present their rule book to the CFTC, who's got to approve listing of new contracts and all sorts of other rules of the road that's all run, that's all managed by the CFTC. Whereas the sporting books have to, you know, they're regulated by the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the gambling, um, the gambling infrastructure in any given state where they operate. So there's a whole network of different rules and regulations that apply to sports betting. You know, and by the way, um, sports betting is often done offshore. Um, if you are in a venue that is not legal to bet onshore in the United States, it's legal to bet offshore. But that's not what we're talking about here. Um, uh, actually, I, I don't want to give bad legal advice. It's not legal to bet offshore, but you can bet offshore. Um, 
but that's not what we're talking about here when we're talking about this exchange. We're talking about an exchange that is is regulated in the same way that the Chicago Mercantile Exchange or the um, the ICE Intercontinental Exchange um, or any one of 30 different other exchanges in the United States um, are regulated. Um, and that sort of makes it a, a different breed of cat, okay? Um, I, you, I'm always a little bit nervous about sending my money to a betting app, even though nowadays they're sort of big, big companies, whatever. But I feel very comfortable sending it to a company that is regulated by the CFTC. The other important difference um, between the Cauchy Exchange and a betting uh, app is that unlike with a sports book, um, when you're on a futures exchange, you aren't necessarily betting against the house. You're not necessarily trading against the house. Um, often, you know, the seller to your to your purchase on Cauchy will be, you know, the Cauchy traders. Um, but often it's, you know, they're they're look, I mean, they're trying to maintain an orderly market, just like the lead market makers in an ETF. If you go buy an ETF on the screens, a lot of times you're facing a market maker. But just as with when you're buying an ETF, if you buy a, a contract on the Calci Exchange, a lot of times you're facing another trader. And so um, and so the depth of the book is not entirely up to uh, you know, Calci putting their capital work. It's other traders putting their capital work. And so that's a very important and important difference. Um, then that's what happens in financial markets. That's how financial markets work. The liquidity comes from other traders, not from, you know, some big guy in the middle, um, like with MGM making a sports book. Now, my main interest, uh, of course, is inflation, but I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that you can trade other stuff on Calci, like GDP or Fed funds or even climate, political events, bunch of stuff that I don't care about. <laughs> And I, it's not something that I'm I'm not going to trade uh, political events. Um, but the exciting the exciting part for me is that not only this is the part that really starts to get me jazzed up. So so far, you know, we've got inflation futures, but here, so not only can you trade monthly headline CPI um, going out for a year or so, and you can trade year on year CPI, okay, but you can also trade core CPI. And that's something that we've never been able to do. Back when I was, you know, making markets in derivatives for Barclays or Natixis, and, and I was a third of the interbank volume in that stuff, you couldn't do core inflation. It was headline inflation or nothing. And so the fact that you can do core inflation is super exciting. And that is, I gave a, I gave a speech way back in 2004 at the Barclays Inflation Conference right when futures were starting to trade. And, and I made a prediction that within five years, we would be able, we would be able to trade subcomponent inflation. Well, I've missed that so far by uh, at least 20 years, um, but core inflation is starting to get us there. Um, and so that's, that's, just, that's just super exciting. Um, moreover, again, this isn't a product that's being made available by JP Morgan, you know, to its hedge fund clients. This is a this is something you and I can trade. So that's super exciting. 
Um, there's also a lot of information, by the way, on the Kalshi site about what these real money markets are saying about inflation. So if you go to Kalshi.com and you click on, I think it's products at the top, and then inflation forecast, then you get to a page that shows you a bunch of information that's essentially live markets on on this next print or whatever print you want to look at. And so there's actually a there's actually a little you know intraday and you know multi-day chart of what expectations have done for this particular index from the traders on on Kalshi. And and by the way, they they it it tends to match up with the institutional markets. Um, that you know only the hedgies can trade, but it tends to match up pretty closely with that. You know, because if they didn't, people would probably arbitrage them. Um, so I can tell you right now, Main Street, if you want to think about the Kalshi markets as being Main Street as opposed to Wall Street, is pricing headline seasonally adjusted inflation. So that's what gets reported at a th- essentially 0.42 percent, and and you can kind of get that by looking at the prices and figuring out what the payouts are for the 0.4 versus the 0.5 and whatever. The math of it isn't all that important, but um, but Kalshi does all that. So you can sort of see when it ticks up to 43, ticks down to 42, whatever. And so right now they're pricing headline at 0.42% and core at 0.39%, which to me sounds closer than it probably will be next week. But um, and, uh, and by the way, Kalshi also produces a weekly whisper report based on their markets, which, which – um, uh, it's not much of a whisper because it's on their website, but it it, it kind of summarizes what's going on in, in their markets. And if you'd like to be if you'd like to get that report, send me an email at uh, inflationguy at enduringinvestments.com and I'll make sure that you get on that list. I think there's some way to do it online on the website, but you know, I know a shortcut. So send me an email at inflationguy at enduringinvestments.com and ask to be put on the Kalshi Whisper report and we'll we'll sign you up. Now, as I said, um, you know, this isn't everything that I want or that I've always wanted in, in an inflation futures market. And, you know, and, and like I said, this is going to sound, has sounded so far a little bit like an advertisement, but it's really not. So I want to, I want to talk about, you know, the things that I want that, that you can't do on Calshi because hopefully someday we'll be able to. One is I want, I want long dated, you know, I don't, I don't want to just trade next week's number. I want to trade five-year inflation because my portfolio is exposed to longer-term inflation. Yes, tomorrow I will have a P&L based on – not tomorrow, on Tuesday. I'll have a P&L based on where CPI came out, and it will have a real impact on my portfolio. But, but I'm not really trading for next week. I'm really trading for 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And so I really want a way to hedge long-term inflation. That pays me back if inflation is higher than, you know, I want a very direct way to get paid with higher inflation. And you can do it with inflation swaps, but there's no way for the average, the average guy, the average customer of, a, of an RIA to go and do that. Um, I want linear, like Fed funds futures or equity futures, you know, so so it isn't a binary either or. I, I, I want something that as inflation goes up, pays me more. It's not just an on or off. And, and by the way, with the binary markets, you can, you can kind of, um, by doing sort of a collection of them, you can mimic linearity to some extent. But, um, but, it's, but it's, it's sort of clunky and it's not really what they're designed for. So, um, so that's why I want linear. Um, 
And we haven't had anything like that in more than a decade. Um, also on my wish list, though, was the ability to trade core inflation. And, and we can do that. So I'm, I'm very excited by that development. I hope you are, too. At the heart of any market is liquidity. Um, and so, you know, these will be successful. There's already a fair amount of liquidity going through, a fair amount of volume going through. But these will be successful if the volume comes and grows and, and, uh, and people can do reasonable size on there and, and, and so on. The heart of any market is liquidity. And uh, hopefully the more people who hear about these markets, the more liquidity will go to them. And as more liquidity goes to them, then it will be incumbent on Calshi to offer those neat things that I want, like linear and long-dated and, and uh, medical care inflation and, and um, you know, apparel inflation, housing inflation, and all those other things. Um, uh, but look, this isn't about me. It's about you. It's about you, the investor. It's about the future of inflation trading. It's about future listed products that we can make from these things like ETFs or mutual funds that act like inflation options, for example. You know, for decades, inflation has had just one tradable flavor. Headline, non-seasonally adjusted inflation, what tips are based on, what inflation swaps are based on, and that's what you can trade. And moreover, it wasn't available to Main Street. It was just available to Wall Street. Well, the dam is, is breaking finally, and inflation trading is coming to, to Main Street, and... And I'm excited and I'm, I'm delighted to be, to be involved in this and, and to see it mature and grow. And this is already a much longer podcast than I thought it would be. We're at 21 minutes. And I honestly thought when I was writing this down, I'm like, oh, there's not a whole lot to talk about. This will take me about 10 minutes. But I'm just so excited that I, I just kind of get a diarrhea of the mouth and I kind of go on and on and on. And I hope my excitement comes through. Uh, anyway, that's all for today's podcast. If you're excited about this, um, then you should uh, contact me at inflationguy at enduringinvestments.com. And as I said, write to me at that and tell me you want to be on the Whisper Report for Kalshi, and I'll put you on that. Subscribe to my blog at inflationguy.blog. Follow me on Twitter at inflation underscore guy. Um, visit Enduring Investments if you have an inflation challenge um, or you, know, you just want to talk about this stuff. And most importantly, defend your money. And we're getting new tools. We're getting new tools to allow you to defend your money. If inflation is coming for you, remember, you know a guy.